Let me look on to the camera here. Welcome everyone joining us online in our outdoor courtyard, our Discovery Northwest family as well, meeting at Centennial High School and launching today for the very first time, Discovery Cal State Bakersfield. Make some noise, Southwest. Let them know. Welcome to the family. So excited you guys are here, man. We, we just know we can't stop here. God has done so much at Discovery in our lives. We've seen miracles and testimonies, but it's not over. We can't stop here. In fact, Job chapter 42, verse 2, he says this, I know that you can do everything, God, and that your plans are what? They're unstoppable. We're never going to stop reaching people for Jesus. We're not going to be uh, limited by the seats in our building. We're going to continue to launch churches and campuses and reaching people. In fact, let me give you the next two campuses that will be launched of Discovery Church. We're launching our Dream Center campus on December 24th. So Sunday morning services, we'll be at the Union Dream Center, uh, that mission outpost. We'll be doing church services down there on December 24th. Also, uh, East Bakersfield campus launching on Easter, Sunday, March 31st. Come on, how many are you excited? That'll, that'll make six campuses of Discovery Church, one church, multiple locations. We're believing that we're going to have campuses of Discovery Church all across the Central Valley. How many believe that with me? Amen? Okay. You should have got one of these books inside of your bag. Go ahead and grab that real quick out of that bag that you got today. This is your unstoppable booklet, your unstoppable guide for the next like four weeks. We're beginning a series today, a teaching series, where I'm going to leads you and teach you how to live an unstoppable life. Like you don't have to stop growing. How many of you know that? You don't have to stop believing. You don't have to, and some of you might have stopped. You feel like God has done enough. I'm here to tell you today that God's not done with you yet. Okay, you got this booklet and inside of it, it's a lot of the information we went over, but our team has gone through a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, preparation and work to give you even daily devotions and prayers as we're going through this and even small group curriculum inside of here. I'll tell you more about that, but that's all inside of this, this booklet. I'm beginning a new sermon series today called Unstoppable. And today I want to talk to you about getting God's vision for your life. Uh, every anniversary service, I always like to re-communicate the vision of Discovery Church, but it's also the vision of your life. So let me help you get God's vision for your life. I love Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. I'm going to read it to you in the King James Version. It said, he says, where there is no vision, the people perish. One translation says the people cast off restraints, which just mean that if you don't have vision for your life, you don't know where you're going and you don't know what you're doing. The Hebrew word for vision there, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, is calzone, and it means a dream, revelation, our vision for life. Some of you thought of cubbies, and I'm not talking about that cow zone. Y'all think of football and stuff going, I know where your mind is at. Come back, come back with me, okay? A dream, a revelation, a vision for life. And you need to understand, you guys, that one of the most important commodities that you can have for your life is a clear vision. And if you don't have that vision, you're going to cast off constraints. You're going to wander and not know what to do. But when you got a dream for your life, that is when you're at your healthiest. You're, you are the healthiest human. You're the healthiest marriage. You're at your healthiest in your life when you got a vision and a dream for your life. Proverbs 29, 18, in the message paraphrase, I love how it states it like this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. So we just can't grasp it. What is God doing? You're just stumbling all over yourself. But when they attend to what he reveals, look what he says, they are most 
blessed. This is where I'm trying to get everybody today, at a place where you are most blessed. And you are most blessed when you understand God's vision for your life. Can I get an amen, everybody? So here's the question of the day. What should we be doing then? Because a lot of people are doing something, we're just not doing the right things. So we're, we're heading in a direction, and we think it's right, but maybe it's not God's direction for our life. Too many people, they're aiming at something, but it's not God's vision for their life. I love telling the story of the 2004 Olympics, this rifle shooter who was an, like an athletic rifle shooter by the name of Matt Evans. When the Olympics went back to Athens, which is a cool moment because back to the beginnings, some of you don't even, you weren't even born that time, but it was a cool Olympics because it was in Athens and this guy was a shoo-in because he was just, he was a U.S. athlete slated to win. In fact, he had already won gold medal in rifle shooting and this was like one of the obstacle course kind of rifle shooting. He was so far ahead of everybody, they had to hit multiple targets. He's on his last target and all he had to do was like hit the target and he's got gold, Okay. And so he gets up to this last target, and it's really cool if you don't know, like, the rifle shooting athletes. They know how to, like, control their breathing and their heart rate so much. So what they do is between the beats of their hearts, they know how to pause their heart, stop breathing, and pull the trigger without any movement at all in their entire body. It is like a, they're so precise and still. There is not even a beat of their heart to get them off target. This guy aims at the target. You see him breathing, and then the pause, he's still absolutely frozen in time pulls that trigger, and then it, it hits like almost the bullseye. But there was a problem. It was the wrong target. He, was, he shot the wrong range. And then, so he, he hit a target. He hit a target. It was the wrong target, and his face looked like this. Let me say that again, okay? Because he hit a target, and it was the wrong target. And, I, and I've seen this face for 20 years, you guys. I'm trying to get this face off of your face, okay? Because so many of you, you're going through life, you're aiming at a target, you're hitting targets, but then you end up looking like, oh, 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 I don't know what happened to my marriage, Pastor. Oh, 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 my kids, I don't know why. Oh, 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 I thought she was the one. Oh, oh, oh. Like, you're... I'm trying to help like what you need. Maybe you're going in a direction. You're aiming at something, but maybe it's not the right target for your life. And you're going to end up, I'm trying to just get this off your face. You all know what this face feels like, right? I love what D.L. Moody says. He says, our greatest fear should not be failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. And I want to help you out today with that. I, like, see, when we started Discovery Church 10 years ago, we decided to make the vision of the church, God's vision for your life. So we dreamed of a church that was like collectively accomplishing the vision of God and then helping people see the vision of God for their own life. And I wanna help you aim for your life because here's this thought. Everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Like you're aiming at something, you're all shooting, you're all aiming at something, and I wanna get you on the right target today. So let me share with you the vision of our church but I want to make it real practical because it is the vision of your life. And then I want to talk to you today. It is our 10-year anniversary on how we can continue to be an unstoppable church. Does that sound good, you guys? Amen? Okay, so if you're here today, no matter what stage of life you're at, faith you're at, season of life you're at, you can get God's vision for your life. Here it is. Here's how we say it. This is God's vision for your life. Write it down like this. Number one is to love God. God's primary vision for your life is for you to actually 
love him. See, I don't know what you thought Christianity was about, but was it, it wasn't about like rules or regulations or measuring up. It wasn't about uh, coming to church or church attendance. That's not the one. It's not about memorizing the lyrics of songs or even owning a Bible. Great stuff, don't get me wrong, but that's not what our faith is about. God's primary vision for your life is for you to love him. That's what this is about, for you to love God. Our vision is to lead people to love God, and we've been doing that as a priority for 10 years. We have seen over 3,000, or I'm sorry, 34,634 salvations and 1,622 baptisms in 10 years. Make some noise and celebrate like it means something, you guys, because it does. Come on. And that never gets old, you guys. That will always be the main thing. It is God's main thing to lead you to love him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says it like this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. That's God's vision for your life, to make you brand new, to love him. Our vision is to lead people to love God. So what is that practical step for you today? Write it down like this. It's to surrender my life to Jesus. Now, if I could like sum up in one word what salvation is, it's that word right there, surrender. That's what salvation really is. It's when you finally decide to stop controlling your own life. When you let go, okay, I'm not gonna control it anymore, God. I'm gonna let you do it. I'm gonna let your word be the standard of my life, not my own thoughts, not my own opinions. My opinions don't matter. I'm gonna let your word guide me. I'm gonna just, your way, not my way. In Mark chapter eight, Jesus said that those who want to be my disciples, he says, must take up their cross daily and follow me. But then he says this later on in that chapter, just after that, he says, what good is it if you gain the whole world? and you forfeit your own soul. You know, there is a God-sized hole in, the, in every single human's heart. That in, you wanna know how you're a good candidate for this part of God's vision for your life? It's, it's if you have or you sense an emptiness in your soul. That sometimes you try to fill it with other things, but they don't, they don't fill it completely or permanently. They don't satisfy. And so if you continuously come back to this place of emptiness, you know you are a candidate for this vision coming into fulfillment in your life. You need to love God, surrender your life. The second step in the spiritual journey is actually a new addition to our vision. We're, we're actually changing or adding to the vision that some of you have grown accustomed to for 10 years now at Discovery Church, but this is an addition to who we are and God's vision for your life. Write it like this, because God wants you to love, love God. He wants to lead you to love him, but number two is to find freedom. Find freedom. See, your sins are paid for, but you're not completely changed yet. How I many you know what I'm talking about, okay? In other words, you're going to heaven, but you still got these bad attitudes, these wounds, these addictions, and these habits. They don't automatically go away. I know you wish you would. I wish they would. But when you come to Jesus, those things don't automatically come away. A lot of that stuff has to be worked out. Paul says in Philippians to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So we're going to heaven, but we still got to live on this earth with all the junk. I, I like to say it's the past, the pain, the problems, and the people. Okay. God, now that you've given your life to Christ, you've got to go on this journey of actually finding freedom. Every time I talk about freedom, though, I always think Braveheart. My mind goes there. I'm like, I think William Wallace. And there's this scene that's pretty awesome, man. This amazing scene where um, William Wallace comes riding in on the, blue, on the horse, the blue paint, 
face paint. Guys know what I'm talking about right now, you know what I mean? You ladies are just like, whatever, but guys, our blood starts to boil right now when I'm talking about it. He comes with blue face paint, man. And he goes, he goes, what will you do? And they go, we'll run and we'll live. And then he says this amazing quote. I wanna, I wanna show it to you guys. Just, he, says, he says, I fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. Okay, I'm not gonna do the whole thing, okay. At, at least a while. I'm not going to do it in the, in, the, in the William Wallace voice. I can't do it. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom? And he's, he, it's, just, it's a moment that you need to say, I'm done with allowing myself and my life to be controlled by any enemy. There is no enemy that I'm gonna allow control my life. Enough is enough. I'm breaking free in Jesus' name. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through four, we just did a whole series on this very intentionally on spiritual warfare because we're adding this to our vision. He says, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with, so there is a fight. You gotta fight for your freedom. You have to engage in the battle or else you'll always be in bondage. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, these deceptions and lies of the enemy. So we're actually, next season, in our small group season, we're launching different freedom curriculum for you to go to. We're, we're launching a, a course called Intro to Freedom that I want every single person to go through it's at some point in your discovery journey to go through intro to freedom. The, the sermon series I just taught on the art of war, we're creating a Bible study out of that and small group curriculum where I want everybody to go through how to, under, how to fight the battle of spiritual warfare. We need to find freedom, which means we need to. How do we do that? Make it, let me give you the application step. We need to be transformed by Jesus. Okay, because yes, we came to God, but we still got junk that needs to be changed. We need to go through a transformation, a sanctification process, because whatever doesn't get transformed gets transmitted to the next generation. Okay, it, whatever does not get transformed in your life, even the hidden stuff, you think nobody else knows it, but I promise you that addiction, that habit, that thing is gonna get passed down to your kids. If you don't deal with it, you're gonna pass it on to your, to your kids to deal with it, okay? So we got to, we have to find freedom. First John chapter one, verse nine says it like this, but if we confess our sins to him, to God, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Aren't you grateful that that's all it is? You confess your sins and he, you are wiped clean, okay? But then there's another confession that the Bible talks about in James chapter 5, 16. He says, therefore, confess your sins, not to God, but look what, look what he says, but to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You'll experience healing and freedom. So I like to say it like this. You go to God to get forgiveness, but you need others to get healed. There's, you, need, you need other brothers and sisters in your life to experience the healing, that, that freedom that God desires in your life. So what do you need to do? You need to get into a group. Church, you need to get into a group. They're launching this week. If you are going to go on this journey, get God's vision for your life, then you cannot get healing and freedom by yourself. I believe you can find freedom in any group, in any relationship, but there are specific groups. There are freedom groups that are intentional 
to help demolish the strongholds in your life, like Celebrate Recovery that happens on Thursday nights right here at 6.30 p.m. We have it at the Dream Center as well. We have groups like Freedom from Anxiety and Depression. Some of you need to be in that group and finally get free from this stuff. We got, we got groups about freedom from pornography called Pure Desire. And, and some of you need to finally just slay the giants of, uh, that are in your life dominating your life. And we're developing, like I said, more curriculum on freedom and spiritual warfare. Here's what you need to do. You need to get in a group and then you need to get honest with a few people, you guys. You don't need to tell everybody what's going on, but you do need to tell somebody what's going on. In fact, we're, we're also, as you heard in the, in the video, launching our counseling center at Discovery Church because we believe that, that, that the church needs to take back that ground of freedom, that it's actually not up to psychologists or, or the world to help people get free. God can set you free, okay? So it's a Christ-centered, biblically-based counseling center that, as of today, on our website, you can go online and set an appointment today with licensed therapists that will give you Bible-based, Christ-centered uh, therapy in Jesus name. Isn't that great you guys? Amen. Okay. Which leads to this. So we got what, what what's what's our vision? How do we get God's vision for our life? We're we're going to love God, find freedom, and number 3, love each other. Love each other. This is a command that is repeated 16 different times throughout the New Testament. It doesn't matter how much you know. If you don't have love, it's meaningless. It's worthless. It doesn't matter if your kids get straight A's and they go to great colleges. If you didn't teach them how to love, it was worthless. We need to love each other. And the reality is when we love each other, we are becoming like Jesus. Write it down like that. We are becoming like Jesus when we love each other. John chapter 13, he says it like this. Jesus says, a new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus says, I've been your example. Follow my example. I, how I love, I want you to love. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. Not by how much Bible you know, or you speak Christianese, or you're wearing the right apparel or something like that, ch churchy Christian apparel. No, it's by your love, he says. Our actions will reveal the tr our true beliefs and our motivations. Proverbs 27 and 19 says, a mirror reflects a man's face. But what he is really like is shown by the kinds of friends he chooses. Okay, because you, you, have, you have friends. you got circles. What I'm, what I'm saying is your inner circle needs to be men and women of God. You need to get into a small group where you can be sharpened, where you can be free, where you can walk out authentic community. I need to get God's vision for my life. What is it? To love God, to find freedom, to love each other. And write it down, number four, to change the world change the world. Now together, maybe individually we can't do much, but together we can do a whole lot, you guys. And in this next season, we have not only through our dream center that, that God has opened up doors for us to make more impact in our city here, but in Mexico, we're going to be launching Discovery Church Mexico. Before we even build our building, we're going to build a Discovery Church in Mexico, you guys, the, and an orphanage as well. In Mexico, combined church and orphanage. You got our dollars stretch a lot further over there, man. And in Uganda as well, we're actually going to be uh, building a Discovery Church in Uganda. And actually got got some pictures of the the already you guys of the church. They moved quickly and stuff. We might go through a few renditions and designs, but they moved quickly over there, dude. But the, like, we, God has opened up some amazing doors for us and our missions and our youth and our young adults and missions opportunities to Mexico and Uganda are going to be phenomenal. So, so what do we do if we want God's vision for our life? We need to surrender to Jesus, be transformed by Jesus, 
become like Jesus, and number four, we need to do what Jesus did. Okay, so I'm not talking about turning water into wine or, or walking on water here. I'm talking about the ministry of Jesus, his purpose for coming, for dying, for raising from the grave was to set the captives free, to set us free, to proclaim, proclaim liberty and the day of the Lord's favor. What did Jesus do? He served. That's what he did. And our dream team is is the serving arm here at Discovery Church all throughout the week, especially on Sunday, are serving all over. Today, actually today, is track two, which is discover your purpose. And if you want to get connected, if you want to start getting God's vision for your life, to understand how you were created, what gifts you were given, the resources, the strength, and the energies, and get on the right target, you, you, you should come today. If you've never been to track two and discovering your purpose, we'll help you discover your purpose and get on a team to make a difference. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter five. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how, how can it be made salty again? Like God had actually equipped you and gave you the, the giftings to add flavor and life to the world around you. It's no longer good for anything though, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Then he says, you are the light of the world. God has put light inside of you. A town put on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, which is what a lot of believers and followers of Jesus, they don't have God's vision for their life. They've been given gifts. They've been given resources. They've been given energy and time, and they're isolated instead of being the city on a hill that God has called you to be. Instead, he says, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way let your light shine before others that the people around you, look what they'll do. They'll see your good deeds and they'll thank God in heaven. Now look at me real quick. Listen, some of you have lost your light. You've lost your joy. And even like some of you are working really hard, probably harder than you've worked in a long time, yet you are less fulfilled in your life than you have been in a long time. And it's because you're not focused on the right target. Can I challenge you today, church? Like, I've been giving this challenge for 10 years now. I call it the all-in challenge. Some of you, like, if you're serious about getting God's vision for your life, here's my challenge to you. Give God one year of your life. And before you think, like, man, that's a long time. Come on, just how about a few weeks? <laughs> Listen, you've given more time to lesser things. So, some of you have given more time to boyfriends and girlfriends that you hate now, don't even talk to. Okay. So how about, how about you give God more commitment than you gave that chump? How about you give God just, one, 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 okay, God, one year. I'm, and, and, and then here's the challenge of all in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do your vision for my life. I'm going to love you. I'm going I'm to have a relationship. I'm going to love God. I'm going to work out some stuff and finally find freedom. I'm not going to, I'm going to uh, peel back some onion layers and not let those things exist in my life anymore, man. I'm going to go find some freedom in my life and I'm going to love people. I'm going to get around some brothers and sisters and walk in community and I'm going to make a difference in my life and change the world. Go all in for one year. Like some of you need to write down today's date. Can I challenge you with that? If you need God's vision for your life. Maybe some of these things you're doing, other things you're not, but you need to just go all in because you're holding back different areas, but you need to do all four of these things. I'm telling you, if today's the day, I want you to write down that day. You say, okay, I'm going all in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give God one year. Mark down the date because one year from now, you're going to be able to look back and say, I'm not exactly where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm changed. I'm different. I'm growing. And, 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 and it ain't going to stop there. You're just going to want to go more. 
here's my hope for you. That one day when you stand before God, because every single one of us will, you guys, that you won't need to stand before him with fear. That you won't need to stand before him with any regret at all. But you would hear the words of our master that was recorded in Matthew chapter 25. Well done. Church, that's the way that I lead. That I lead and I pastor people. This is what I want to hear. I want to lead you in such a way. And not, not like just for a better life, but that you would have when you stand before the great white throne and King Jesus is there with no fear, but you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Come on in. Enter the joy of your Lord. So, so what are we going to do? We're going to get God's vision for our life. It's the vision of discovery. It's four steps with immeasurable depth. Say it with me. Ready? Love God. Find freedom. Love each other. Change the world. The church of God is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. In fact, Jesus is the one who actually said that. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He said, and we sang about it today. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. As we prepare for this unstoppable journey together over the next four weeks, I want to share with you and in your small groups, um, I, want to talk, I want you to talk about these things, how we can be an unstoppable church and get God's vision for our life. Let me give you the seven factors as we conclude today. Seven factors of an unstoppable church. How are, we gonna, how are we gonna continue this thing and not be quickly fading out after 10 years, man? How can we go to the next level? Seven factors of an unstoppable church. Write these down real quick. I'm gonna give it to you. Number one is a clear vision. Unstoppable churches have a clear vision. And the vision is clear, not just because it's shouted from a stage, but it's lived in your life. It's shared in your life. What is our vision? To lead people to love God. Find freedom, love each other, and change the world. Our church is unstoppable and will never stop. We will never quit. We have a clear vision. And number two, an unstoppable church has divine focus. Few things can add more power to your life than concentrating all your energies on a limited few things. Unstoppable churches, they, they do not say yes to everything. Steve Jobs, I love what Steve Jobs says. He says, people think focus means saying yes to the thing you've got to focus on, but that's not what it means at all. It means saying no to the hundred other good ideas that there are. See, some of you don't need another to-do list. You don't need to add God's vision to the rest of your stuff. You don't need another to-do list. Your life would be so much better if you made a to-don't list. Because you don't accomplish more by doing more. You, you, you do more by doing less and doing it well. Did you catch that today? See, unstoppable churches, they got divine focus. We're not gonna do everything and get distracted. We're gonna do God's things. We're gonna love God, find freedom, love each other, and change the world. Unstoppable church, number three, has authentic community where you don't need to know everybody but it's easy to know somebody. You know what I'm talking about? It's just easy. Like, like where, where friendships are authentic, people are accepted and allowed to process the real life, the real junk, the real stuff in a non-threatening, non-judgmental way. I was just talking just a few weeks ago to a married couple who they were going through a, a tough time. Actually, it was a recurring tough time. Years ago, um, they were at a different church and, and their, their marriage went through trouble and and they were, they were told they just couldn't, couldn't come anymore. They, they just couldn't come to church anymore. You guys, you guys got to go. 
They were, and then they came to Discovery. We loved them and worked some issues out. And, 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 and for years, I've seen them grow and do what God has called them to do. And they were, they were doing it, man. They were loving God and finding freedom, loving each other and changing the world. And then, and then a recurring issue came up again and created havoc in their marriage and, and, and almost destroyed it. But we loved them. We walked with them. We gave them resources. And I was just meeting with them just two weeks ago and they were sitting down and, and crying to me. And they said, I'm just so thankful that, that this happened here because, because we were able to be loved through it here. We, we were accepted and shown grace and, and, and allowed to go through the process of, of, of healing here. That's, guys, that's authentic community, okay? That's unstoppable churches have authentic community. Number four, unstoppable churches have supernatural power. Okay, all of our efforts are meaningless unless God shows up. There's no amount of vision, systems, or strategy that can compensate for the power of the Holy Spirit. Unstoppable churches are fueled by supernatural power. Unstoppable churches have, number five, their hearts focused outward. Because it, so, it can become so easy to get inward focus on our own needs and our own agenda and our own interests, but unstoppable churches are filled with people who have crucified themselves on the cross and they're living their life for the glory of God and serving others. Hearts focused outwards. Unstoppable churches, number six, have innovative minds. We're never going to stop dreaming. We're never going to stop creating avenues for the kingdom of God, whether that's launching a dream center, Mexico missions, Uganda missions, a counseling center, uh, outdoor venues, online church. Like, no matter the limitation that people put on us or even within ourselves, I don't care if they tell us to close down again. Okay. I mean, thank God for the limitation because sometimes limitation is the breeding ground for innovation. So because there was, there was COVID in 2020, our outdoor venue got launched and people are worshiping out there right now. Um, online campus got launched. Uh, there was, thank God for that, but, but no matter the limitation, okay? Come on, they, they can't police 75% of us, you know what I mean? Okay, I'll come, let me come back, let me come back. Um, but we're gonna keep dreaming. We're going to keep dreaming and, and, and creating and launching new ways to reach people. And lastly, unstoppable churches have committed givers. Committed givers, people who are generous, who have given God that space of their, of their life. A lot of times left, left out. Here, let me say it like this, because there's a lot of different you know, types of Christians and types of believers. And really, when it comes to the vision, how engaged you are with the vision. Some of you are like, like the first line. Some of you are at the first line. I, and I want you to be thirst, third line followers of Jesus. But some of you are at the, thir, at the first line. A first line follower of Jesus says, I believe enough in this vision, Pastor Jason, to, to benefit from it. And some of you are right there. You've just crossed the first line. I believe enough in it to benefit from it. So you come and you enjoy the messages. You enjoy the worship. It feels great. It energizes you. It gets you through that week. Take care of your kids. Teach them the Bible. But you ain't teaching them the Bible. You just benefit from it. Okay, and that's, that's, that's a, a first line. I believe enough in this vision to come and benefit from it. Thank you. Mm, can I have some more? But there's a second line where you believe enough in the vision to contribute comfortably to it. And that's where some of you are at. You're contributing comfortably. It's, you're, like, you're comfortably serving, comfortably giving. You're, you're like, when you have time, you're able to. When you have excess, you're able to. And you're like at that second line, some of you are at. But there's this third line of believing in God's vision for your life that I want you to get to where you believe enough in the vision that you give your life to it. 
that you go all in, where you get so bought into God's vision to love God, find freedom, love each other, and change the world that you say, nothing else matters but God's vision for my life. I'm giving my life to that God. I'm gonna follow you. We're starting, obviously, you heard in the video, this unstoppable sermon series and our unstoppable initiative that has a lot of dreams to it. It's a two-year initiative, a two-year initiative. From, from now until two years, we're believing God for um, some exponential things. But I want you to understand this right of, of what this initiative, and even like, because this isn't a fundraising campaign. I'm not asking you for any money today or anything like that. I'm going to challenge you today, but I'm not asking for any money today, so calm down. I'm just, but I am, this is a two-year two journey that I want to take with you. And I want to give you the goals because the primary goal, we need to understand this right. The primary goal of Unstoppable is 100% engagement. Meaning 100% of us, every single one of us that call Discovery Home are going on the journey of loving God, finding freedom, loving each other, and changing the world. Specifically, we're inviting Jesus into our finances even. Every area of our life in our family, we're saying, God, it's yours. What do you want me to do with it? 100% of us just doing that. 100%. Can you imagine what God could do if 100% of us just went all in? Okay? I mean, we would be unstoppable. Unstoppable. That's the primary goal, and it has to be. It's discipleship. It's not about the money. It's about discipleship. I want you to get closer to Jesus in this journey. And there are areas of your life that need to be surrendered still. Okay? 100%. That's the primary goal. The secondary goal, I believe, will actually be met if we do the first, which is the actual goal of raising $13.5 million in two years. That will happen. If we do this, we go all in. It's going to happen, okay? And so inside of your bag, there's also this, this card. Will you take out this card real quick? There's a commitment card. We're not going to fill this out today. Again, not ask you to give anything today or nothing like that. But this commitment card, we're all going to turn it in together on October 8th. We're going to have a commitment Sunday. We're all going in and we're just going to, we're going to go on the journey of asking God what to do and bring this. But I wanted to bring this to your attention because these we prayed over these. We, we, we believe God's going to use this in your life and in your family to spark something so deep and so transformational where you actually invite Jesus into every space of your life. You can take a look at that. We'll, we'll kind of cover this more later. On the back, there's even a diagram of like, okay, how in the world could we raise that much money as a church and bring in, like there's a diagram of, of how much of each category. And some of them, some of them, you're like, oh my goodness, do, are you serious? Someone, someone is gonna give a million dollars? I believe someone's gonna give a million dollars in Jesus' name. So we need, there's some six figure gifts on here. Like, and this is over two years, by the way. It's not just in one, it's over a two year time span. But as you can see, it goes down. There's a whole, bu there's a whole bunch of people that need to do just a little bit. That's what we need. Everybody needs to do, just needs to do a little. And in, so here's what I'm asking you to do today. Not fill out a card, not give. But if you're going to go on this journey with us, this unstoppable journey, okay, uh, we have a gift for you, and it's, it's a T-shirt on the way out. Not yet. Don't leave yet. But there's a T-shirt. If you're saying, okay, Pastor Jason, I'm, I'm, I don't know like, what that means for me yet, but I'm willing to go on the journey. I'm going to get God's vision for my life. I'm going to get on the right target here, and I'm going to go on this journey with you. And I'm just going to, I'm going to go all in, okay, if that's you and you're going, you're going on the journey with me and with Discovery, then, then I'd love for you to grab a t-shirt on your way out. They're at tables everywhere at every exit, okay? Um, but for a lot of you, this is the journey. Here's the journey. 
to get God's vision. Because you're, you're shooting at something. You're aiming. You're going in a certain direction. But is it God's vision for your life? Are, are you going to end up at some place in your life again with that face? Oh. Because, and I, I just, but what if, man? What if we just kind of re-aimed at, at the clarity of God's word, what he says his vision for your life is, and we said, I'm going to make his vision my vision. I'm going I'm to do God's will for my life. I'm going to just, I'm going to do that. I promise you, when you get to the end road, you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. 